0: The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
1: Welcome to Web College
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio and Dave Davis from BeanstalkSEO.com And it is Thursday, April the 30th, the last day of April 2009. Dave, bro, how are you doing?
3: I have got to be doing well. It's a beautiful day out here on the West Coast. I don't know about the whole West Coast, but it certainly is up here in Victoria. And uh, we've got a great show lined up. So, really, what more can I ask from a Thursday?
2: Yeah, this is gonna be an interesting show. Um listeners who were listening in just before the uh before the news break, before the station break know um we're going to be speaking with John Paul from Panda Security and we're talking about cybersecurity in an age of conf- of conflict and conflict there's uh there's some, some bizarre things that are happening out there right now. But before we jump into that, we have a little bit of news to talk about. Um it's been a it's been a fairly placid week, unless of course you work for uh Google AOL, or Yahoo.
3: <laughs> so if you, if you work for a, really, uh, a major search
2: engine,
3: it, it yeah, wasn't.
2: <laughs> it's, been, it's been pretty mellow for everybody, except for the people at the major search engines. I'm not sure what's happening over at Microsoft right now. I know that they're going to be branding Kumo, that's K-U-M-O, for all you people who follow the bouncing brand over at Microsoft what the hell is a Kumo? It sounds like it's like a TV station or something. I,
3: I know. I know. I have no idea what they're thinking, but I you know what? I guess the world's running out of names
2: for things. running out of names for things. So they're like, this is Kubo here in, uh, Bellicab, Washington. You're watching <laughs> Kubo. Stay tuned for the news. <laughs> um, right. Moving right along. You know what? I don't want it. I don't want to beat up on Microsoft because it's just, it's taking on Microsoft is, is, it's just too easy. You know? Um, <laughs> But Google, picking on Google's fun. I'm really mad at Google right now, you know. I was, uh, uh, you, know, you know that I'm, I'm working on the Affiliate Convention website and uh, speaking with Mark Lesnick from Ticonderone Adventures, one of the partners who are, uh, who are working with WebmasterRadio.fm to, to present Affiliate Convention. Um, we were having a little bit of conflict over images, and he had me download this, this image viewer, iFrame, which is actually a very cool little image viewer. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on it. But in the download... I was forced to, to, you know, with bundled software. I was forced to download Google Toolbar and Google Desktop. And um, you know, the, the, I know I know there's some um, some big Google fanboys out there and fangirls out there. And you know, I'm all respect to you, but I hate Google Desktop. I detest Google Desktop. It just crunches my computer down to nothing. And so I got very, I got, I, I got really ticked, especially when in trying to remove it. They made me close all the other software I was running, and they made it so hard to remove. Ah, just the things that pissed me off.
3: I agree with you. I hate hate when they go ahead, give me the option, but do not make me do this thing. Um, this does harken me back to a very uh, Microsoft esque universe. Not you know. I know we didn't want to beat up on them, but
4: <laughs>
3: oh, the I, 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 I've encountered the same thing when when downloading some Google Google products. I agree. I hate. I hate that they're doing that, um, and hopefully they'll learn because it's just not—it's just not good. I, I don't like it, and so I'm not going to download it. So, no, uh, so if you want me to download is, your stuff, make it fun, make it easy, make a good product.
2: The problem is for people who make pieces of software, especially freeware, and you know, all of us—you know, people are webmasters—we rely on freeware. Um, it, for the most part, many people rely on on, on pieces of freeware, but. The only way you can actually make and distribute freeware, with, you know, given the cost of programming, is to get a bundling uh, agreement with one of the major networks or one of the mm-hmm. major search engines like Google. But still, I mean, I, the opt-in, opt-out policy would be very kind. It would be uh, less than evil. It would be much less than evil. <laughs> there we go. And an easy thing for them to do. So, you know what? Google retention... Uh, at least when it comes to certain pieces of software, big fat fail uh, Google retention when it comes to certain um, execs well, it looks like we 're seeing a bit of a fail there as well there's uh, the the exodus of executives from Google continues uh, yeah that was a, more
3: that was a sorry? big one wasn 't
2: it yeah it was, a, it was a fairly large one um, two more left i 'm sorry i 'm rifing through my notes right now to get the uh, to get the right the right names here. So while I'm doing that, I want to talk a little bit about Yahoo. Um, Yahoo's laying off like 700 people, mostly this week. Now, again, I'm afraid I don't know if any of our friends have, uh, have been let go, and as far as I can tell, following Twitter streams, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, it's just, it must be a very sad day down there in Sunnyvale.
3: Indeed, and I, I think I, I just just uh, you just to make. I don't know if this is the one that you're thinking of, but uh, is. David Rosenblatt. That was the
2: one I was thinking of. Yeah, David Rosenblatt left uh, left Google. He used to be the CEO of DoubleClick. He was uh, in charge of display ads for Google. He uh, it's only been one year since Google fully acquired DoubleClick. So David David Rosenblatt was there for one year. Now he's gone. This is another executive with like. Serious advertising, serious online advertising credentials, and serious uh, experience. Who's left? Um, You know, we saw we saw Tim Armstrong leave earlier this year. He's now CEO of of AOL. Um, David Rosenblatt is just another big name who's left the big G.
3: It is. Now, you do have to wonder, and when I was reading the story this morning, um, you do have to kind of question, okay, is this a bad sign for Google? Is, is, this, is this another part of this exodus um, of chief executives? Or was this just a guy, and, and nobody knows what he's up to now, who went, the, the company sold, I, I've earned a gob of cash, I now have more money than I can spend in my life, I think I'm going to go do something fun. Right, like I, there, there is that possibility that he's just kind of gone. You know what? I've, I've, I've done my thing, um, and now I'm going to go. I don't know, be a philanthropist. Do, do, you know, do tour Africa. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, like know, or is dinosaurs? he going from there to, uh, to another company? Nobody knows yet. So,
2: well, come on, dinosaurs. About anything you could possibly want to eat under the sun, volleyball, street hockey. Uh dry cleaning, um, dentistry, health care, uh child care, um, and a pretty nice campus to work on. I mean, seriously, what could, and twenty percent of your time to do whatever you want to do? What could be more fun than working at Google? Um in <laughs> Hawaii. Okay, I'm smiling <laughs> when I say that. Quick, um quick note to all you geniuses who want to work at Google, don't tweak stuff like that. <laughs>
3: Now, you know what? That's a great segue. We've got some Twitter news, and I'm not surprised by it. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you discuss it first because I I am not at all surprised uh, by what we're finding out in the statistics now. But I know you're a bigger Twitter fan than I am.
2: I am a super twit. I love Twitter. Um, I'm really I, I I didn't like it when I when it first came out. Uh-huh. I didn't quite get it. I didn't understand it. But now that I think now that I think I quote unquote get it. I'm truly enjoying, and, and finding myself quite addicted to the service Twitter offers, but apparently about uh, 6 out of 10 users who sign up for Twitter don't appreciate it and leave. Twitter has a retention rate of only 40%. Now, I I, I, I don't know. I found that stunning. Um, maybe it's because the community that we work in is you know built on communication. It's built on sharing ideas back and forth, and it's, you know... A very, very tight group of you know fairly good friends at the at, at the the level that we're working at, but um to see that that six out of ten people who sign up for Twitter split after after just a month of using it or, or not using it I, I found that quite surprising I did not.
3: <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not as big a Twitter fan. I, I have a, a profile. I, you know, I mean, I've I got the extension installed in Firefox. Occasionally I'll monitor it. Um, but I mean, it, it was funny. Just, uh, just a couple days ago, I had a couple of staff asking me about Twitter. So I just to show them the example of, of why I'm not as huge a fan, uh, I just randomly, just while they were here, pulled it up and I had to go through 17 posts to find something that was actually important there were there were 17 things ahead of something important the rest of it was just people talking about x and i mean i'm fairly selective in who i follow it's all seo's and people who are who are you know interesting in the industry um, and so i think from from my perspective okay yeah i'll keep it installed it's worth me going through 17 things that don't matter at 140 characters max per uh to find out one gem of a thing that i might have missed otherwise but for your average user, for, for somebody who, uh, you know, just, just wanted to see Ashton Kusher make it, you know, to a million first, uh, you go in, you find out that, okay, I, I don't really care whose car is stranded or who's sitting at an airport. I don't really care about these things. Um you know, for for them, how long are they going to stay? Well, apparently less than a month. <laughs> so, And and it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, if you're not somebody who that one, it, it's worth weeding for 15 minutes to find the one gem. A lot of SEOs are, and that's why it's really popular among us. If you're not in an industry like that, though, why would you bother? Just hit a forum. You're going to find what you want
2: faster. Um, do, you remember, do, you, all these do you remember what it was bots. like when you were back in university? And like you had to dig through them? For, for, for guys our age, this is in the days before the internet, before the commercial internet, I'm kind of sorry to say. But do you remember, I remember going to the library, going through the microfiche files, or having to dig through hundreds of books to get that one little gem of important information for an essay you were writing? Right. Um, you know, I kind of I look at, at social media and Twitter and, uh, you know, some, to, a, to a different degree, Facebook in that same way. I'm going to get bombarded with stuff that that is likely not really relevant to me, but it's a fa- for me it's a faster way of finding that one little gem of gold.
3: You're right, and to people like us, and it's why I do keep it installed for people like us. That one gem may be incredibly valuable, so it's worth it. Um, but you know, for my dad there isn't that one gem. He's not in an industry like ours where that one gem is worth worth all the hunt. So I, I thought why your would
2: father you know? was a political operative. Pardon me? Y- your dad's a political organizer.
3: He no longer. He actually he just graduated from law school, so oh, um, kidding. <laughs> he he's yeah. going off to do a, a totally different thing now and um you know he This is where old, he's go. old school. He'd rather die, school
2: Wow, law school. Good for him. Congratulations to Dave's dad. Um, Big fail whale to Ev and Biz. Um, Guys, get your attention rate up. Um, If you don't, Facebook won't copy you so much anymore. (laughs) A couple other announcements I think we ought to get to because I know that we have to go to commercial break soon. Um, Anybody who's interested in going to what is, in my mind, the highest level search marketing conference, SMX Advance, Search Marketing Expo Advance. It's coming up at the beginning of June in Seattle. Tomorrow is the last day to get an early bird discount. So go over to searchmarketingexpo.com, click on the Seattle show, the SMX SMX Advance, and get your early bird discount. Um, If you're only going to go to one show this year, aside from affiliate convention, uh, if you're only going to go to one show this year, and you're a high-level SEO... Danny Sullivan and Chris Sherman program some of the highest level information, and SMX Advanced is it.
3: Indeed, indeed, it's gonna. It's always a great show, and uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I, I've looked through the agenda. There's a ton of great speakers. Um, if you're if you're an SEO, it's it's uh, you know, probably one of the the most recommended shows. There's there's a few good ones,
2: but that's definitely one of them. Absolutely. Um, one more thing I want to touch on. I know, Dave, you have a few things you want to talk about. One more thing I want to touch on: Time Warner and AOL. Um, Time Warner is trying to shed itself of AOL, and from from what I can read, as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah, I, I've seen some. I don't know if you know more detail. You probably do know more detail about uh, about what's going on there than I do. But um, uh, it, it's it's. There's so many shakeups right now. It's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. Of course, I always like when things like this are going on. Um, just, if nothing else, and it gives us some interesting news, and it gives us some, something entertaining to watch in uh, in the industry. Um, what can you tell us about what your thoughts are on it?
2: Well, number one, um, as, I, as I said earlier, Tim, Ar- Tim Armstrong, the uh, first real business developer over at Google, left Google earlier this year to become CEO of AOL. Mm-hmm. Now, if we uh, want to cast our brains back, just about nine years, we might remember that AOL actually purchased Time Warner. This is back in the dot-com heyday, when AOL was worth more than the moon and earth put together. (laughs) Now, AOL, of course, wasn't really worth more than the earth and the moon put together. It was actually, you know, like many of the dot-com crazies back then, uh, it it was just a very, very, very big network. But it was one of the biggest players at the time. So in an all-stock deal, which was actually the the largest business deal in world history at the time, AOL absorbed Time Warner. Time Warner was the largest publishing empire at the time. And they were looking for synergies between new media and old media, new media and traditional media. Those synergies didn't materialize mostly because broadband access wasn't universally available in the United States. Over the years, Time Warner allowed AOL to languish. And, um, you know, older SEOs might remember the Open Directory project, which was, you know, under the stewardship of AOL. It, too, was allowed to languish, sort of like the ugly stepchild in the corner that had actually died and was turning moldy. Um, so nobody, nobody even bothered to clean it up. Um, nice analogy, Kim. <laughs> sorry how all you demoz lovers out there, but you know how it goes. Mold is mold. Anyway, um, AOL's been allowed to languish for years and years and years. It's still got a tremendous amount of users. It still has a tremendous amount of advertisers. And, And as a matter of fact, it still has a tremendous amount of value, but Time Warner's never been able to figure out what to do with it. So, it looks like it wants to spin it off primarily to its shareholders... And uh, I think this is a way of keeping Microsoft and Google and Yahoo from keeping their hands uh, from from screwing around with with whatever deal comes around. And uh, as I said, Tim Armstrong, a, a, extraord- a brilliant business developer, is the CEO of AOL. He has signaled that he wants to see a lot of innovation coming. Um, he's also signaled that AOL is going to move back to Texas, back to Dulles, and he wants to see a lot of innovation out of the Dulles, Texas office. What that means... I don't know. At this point, I don't know. This is a developing, it's a fresh story, it's, it's, it's in development right now, Time Warner is still the owner of AOL, but we know something's going to change, and for me, I, that just means there's going to be a shake-up in the industry, and this is an industry that needs a bit shaking up right now. Indeed, and
3: I mean, if they want innovation, hey, maybe they'll grab a few people from Ask. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're out there. We know that IAC is hemorrhaging money right now because of the downturn in the advertising economy and also mm-hmm. because nobody really cares about uh, IAC properties. Did I say that? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I might have been thinking out loud when I said nobody really cares about about IAC properties. That, uh, I'm kind of ticket, ticket master right now. So, um, <laughs> But that's another thing altogether. Um, so, yeah, we know that the talent is out there. And the talent isn't just out there from... Uh, from, from Ask, now known as Ask Jeeves. The talent is also out there from Yahoo. And, you know, if, if you're doing something really innovative in the industry, right now, I think that there is amazingly creative and amazingly intelligent people who will jump at an opportunity.
3: Indeed. Indeed. I mean, you, you can certainly see the writing on the wall with all the movement that's going on, uh, especially at the top level, but... You know, all these people being let go. There's a lot of great talent out there. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see uh, a lot of that getting picked up. Whether it'll be AOL that grabs it or not,
2: time will tell. Indeed. Okay, Dave, we have to we have to cut the commercial break soon. But I know that you had a couple of items that you wanted to throw in, so let's get them in there.
3: I do. I just have a, a couple quick items on a on a lighter note of things. Um, Google in the. What the uh, blank category? Uh, Google just was granted a patent for water, ba- water based uh, data centers. Uh, so basically, they can build these big floating platforms about five uh, miles off the coast. Um, and 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 put data centers on. <laughs>
2: um,
3: you know, it seems like this this crazy idea. But if anything, from watching Google, we've learned that there's a lot of brilliance behind it. It covers all of their electrical uh, and cooling needs. It is is right, you know, just feet below them. Um, and 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 this, you know, idea. Of, would they ever do it? Does this even make sense? Google does weird stuff, and, and it, it seems to work out well. They're environmentally conscious. They're trying to reduce their um, their electrical consumption daily. Uh, this basically eliminates it by using the the tide and waves and currents uh, to, to power their data centers. So, you know, will they actually do it? We'll see. But I am betting they'll try. Um, so, so that's an interesting one. Also, out of uh, out of Google. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to forward a link to you Jim so that you can post it uh through webmaster uh, through Twitter <laughs> to our to our Twitter friends um, through uh through webmaster radio. Um, Google has launched out for the uh for the swine flu. Um, they're basically monitoring trends now um based on searches in Mexico, for um, for phrases related to this illness, um, be it the actual illness itself or um, some of the symptoms of it, um, they're basically creating a map that's helping um, aid workers and helping us know where should you go visit. Um, basically, map out what regions are at the highest risk based on what people are searching for in those regions, be it the the symptoms of the actual disease itself. Great idea. Not the first time they've done this, but. Um, you know, uh, just just a, I, I, I love when Google does stuff like this. They've got the they've got the data to make to make helpful um, tools like this. They give it away free. I think it's just grand. Um, See, so yeah, I just forwarded you the link, and you can put it up if you feel so inclined. And uh, we well, the same time the I had to, of, to close of, my Twitter.
2: Job. I had to close Twitter to do the show because Twitter makes too much noise. You keep hearing bink 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 in the background when uh, when we're on the air, and you know, being the the techno-idiot that I am. I don't know how to turn that sound off. So I just sent it over to Brasco. uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be putting it up to the Webmaster Radio Twitter stream, which has thousands of followers. And, uh, you know, I I really want to avoid talking about H1N1 2009. I'm trying not to call it the swine flu because so many people are misinterpreting uh, the, the actual cause of the flu. It's not from pigs, friends. It's just that pigs are susceptible to it. Um... So all, all, all those people over in Egypt, stop the pig cull, not cool, not necessary. Um, I, I'm, you know what? I'm very worried about, the, about H1N1 2009, um, mostly not because I think that we're all going to die of it, but I think that um, I'm, I'm worried about travel advisories, and I'm you know, planning a helping plan a fairly major conference in June, and uh, these things give me the willies. Of course, of course.
3: Um, but um, we probably, uh, I don't know, I imagine Brasco's harassing. <laughs> we better go a oh, commercial here, otherwise he's going to start beating. Neither of us are actually in the booth, though, so we can't actually get either of
2: us right now. <laughs> yeah, but he can ding us. So I think that's our, that's our cue where we have to take a break here on Webcology. So, friends, it's Thursday, April the 30th. Listen to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio and Dave Davis from BSOC SEO. Stay tuned. We're coming back with John Paul from Panda Securities after these messages sit tight and don't move webcology will be back after this short break
1: are you happy with your landing page performance discover how to improve your landing page performance with conversioncredit.com brought to you by engine ready turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales producing machines From PRWeb and PRWebauthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PRWeb can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24 7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. if this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service.
0: Get more traffic-maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Search Engine Strategies Toronto makes its way to the Sheraton Center, Toronto, June 8th through 10th. Log on to searchenginestrategies.com for more details. We'll see you north of the border. Off Now back
1: to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Devens.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, April the 30th. And, um, you know, before we go any further, i got a couple corrections to make. One, our guest is Sean Paul Corell, not John Paul, I guess, um... I guess I or Dave heard wrong. Sorry sorry about that, uh, Sean Paul. Secondly, I got a couple birthday shout-outs. Dana Todd's birthday and the lovely Barbara Bozer's birthday, both tomorrow. So uh, if any of you are friend- Facebook friends with them, make sure you say hi. Happy lastly, birthday! lastly, as you heard in that last commercial, SES Toronto is coming up June 8th and 9th in uh, beautiful Toronto, Canada, uh, my hometown and the place where I'm currently residing. So friends, come on up to Toronto. It's going to be a great show. We're going to show you a good time, Canadian style, and uh, very, very, very much looking forward to that. Now, there's a lot of weirdness happening in the cyber world right now. There's a lot of security issues happening in the cyber world right now. This is not meant to be a scaremongering show, but I think, as Sean Paul Corell from Panda Security is about to, uh, about to tell us, there's an awful lot to be scared about. Sean Paul, welcome to Webcology. Thank you for having me. So we, uh, we've been promoting this episode as cybersecurity in a time of conflict and conflictor and I know that Panda Security is you know deeply involved in, in, in both um, cybersecurity efforts um, with, uh, with the US and world governments and also in fighting conflictor. Um, Panda Security was also at the forefront of the hacker scam that was run on Google about a month ago where people were being redirected to automotive websites that seemed to originate in Poland. Um, let's, let, let's start with that one. What was the deal on that?
4: Okay, so basically in the beginning of the month, uh, some cyber criminals found uh, ways to trick Google into um, presenting... Keywords that that had to do with Ford Motor Company um, to promote the search results uh, at the top of search listings. So, if you were searching for uh, Ford car parts or car reviews, for instance, you would actually uh, receive malicious results at the top of your Google 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 search. Um, so, the the search result would actually be in around the top ten results. And uh, the reason they were doing it was because it would lead to uh, what we call rogue antivirus uh, software, which is a, basically like a scareware type of software where uh, it tells you your, your computer is infected and, and you have to download the software to fix the problem. Uh, but in reality, it's just a way to extort money from users. It, it tells you your machine is infected but, um, and it tells you you have to, to purchase the software to continue and, and, and The cost is like $79, but in reality, uh, the software doesn't do anything, even after you pay. uh, They take off with your your financial data and and your personal data, and and that's pretty much it.
2: Well, and who knows what they're going to be doing with that data a year from now, two years from now, etc. Now, how did they actually pull this off?
4: The Ford Ford Motor uh, Company, you're right, it was Polish domains, uh, you know, I don't have specifics on ex- exactly how it was pulled off, but I would imagine that they were using some, some sort of automation um, system to automatically create the domains and, and, and keywords. Uh, they could be scraping uh, Google search results. Uh, they, you know, th- there are various things that they can do uh, to load their their websites with with these search terms. And basically, in essence, what they do is they link back to each other malicious website and it tricks Google into thinking that those are relevant uh, sites. So it promotes those search results to the to the top, um, and, and that's why it's, why it's so dangerous.
3: Do we have any, or, or do you have any statistics on how effective this is? Um, as far as, is this really working? How many people get sort of suckered into this, um, so to speak? It's obviously effective because they're doing it.
4: Well, obviously it's effective. We don't have any specific statistics uh, because we don't have control of, of the servers they're using to facilitate the attacks. Uh, and we don't have uh, uh, back-end access to, to Google or anything. But we, what we can see is that we can see the growth of rogue AV software. Uh, and cyber criminals have chosen rogue AV to be their primary method of, of, of receiving uh, money. And just to put it into context, um, if we're looking at uh, the amount of rogue uh, malware we saw in 2008, uh, which was about 92,000 uh, in total, we in just Q1 of '09 we've seen uh, 111,000. So we we've seen more rogue antivirus uh, malware in Q1 of '09 than uh, than in all of 2008. Wow. So just to put it into context, I mean it it, it is. Uh, it is working for them.
3: Now, what do I mean, I'm a searcher, very obviously. You're a searcher. All of our listeners are searchers. What do you do? How do you recognize this if you do happen to land there? And if you do end up infected, what do you do?
4: Okay, if you if you end up landing here, typically what happens is it shows you like a video, for instance, like a YouTube video, and telling you that you need to download a codec. Most of the time, when when something presents you with a with a you know uh, you know an executable file saying download codec.exe, most of the time those are those are malware. So I'd avoid avoid them. Um, pretty much, Adobe Flash is is the primary you know uh, online media. So I would download the that plugin directly from Adobe.com uh, if you're already infected after the fact, you could install antivirus software, uh, like Panda, for instance, to, to uh, disinfect your computer. Uh, proactively, what the approach we take is when we find these URLs, we actually block them from for our software. So the one million domains that were involved in the Ford SEO attack were actually blocked by, by the Panda consumer solutions. So whenever you, if a user visited the site, it would actually not allow them to con- continue and infect their machine. Um, there are some free solutions as well. I think uh, Web of Trust, mywatt.com is a free solution for, um, for people browsing the Internet, and, and it's a way to uh, alert you of, of, of known uh, malicious websites, and, uh, and that's pretty much it. Now, we know that Google Reacted.
2: We, Google is in the middle of a fairly, what, what appears to be a major, fairly major shift in their, in their ranking formulas. And um, it's, uh, it's been speculated on that they were, react, they were reacting to this um, specific incident. How much involvement did Panda have with Google in informing them and then working with them to try to solve this problem?
4: Well, we and we other security companies tr- try very hard to alert Google about, about the problems. Uh, we haven't had any involvement specifically in, in changing the algorithm. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's going to, to be changed. Um, I, you know, I, I can only hope that, that they will make the change for the good. It is needed. And we're seeing these attacks uh, more and more every day. Um, after the, the Ford SEO attack, we saw another one a few weeks later. Um, Targeting uh, vulnerability in, in the WordPress blog management software. So it, it is a relevant attack, and Google is going to have to do something uh, to, to fix it because ultimately it's their responsibility.
2: You know, in an interview we did with uh, Ryan Shabatastov from Panda a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, he introduced us to a term called the day zero mentality where um when you discover when you discover a new virus or a new variant on a virus or a new hack you call that day 0 and then you you know x number of days to solve the problem it could could be up to 5 6 days to figure it out solve it and get the get the uh the solution out there to your customers uh through mm-hmm. the ver- through the various um servers etc how often do you find yourselves in a day 0 posture
4: it happens every day uh, in fact, we, we have repositioned our products. I mean, three years ago, we developed a technology called Collective Intelligence. Uh, it was a way to automatically receive and correlate uh, new malware strains uh, automatically in our data centers and deliver that uh, as real-time protection for uh, for consumers. So it, it happens every day, um, so with, cloud, with, with Collective Intelligence, what we've done is any file that, that we receive into our labs gets processed uh, within six minutes. And that's important because, uh, you know, most antivirus tech, uh, labs process samples, uh, malware samples, manually. And it takes anywhere from 24 hours to, you know, days to get those samples inside the, the signature file to protect consumers. So the industry is actually moving in this direction, and uh, it's definitely uh, the zero-day thing happens every day.
2: Well, we find ourselves at the end of the month of April. This month opened with the threat of the end of the cyber world as we knew it. The Conflicker virus was supposed to go live on April 1st, and... You know, this was, this, this, this was receiving about as much attention as the Y2K bug was uh, just before the, the turn of the century. And then people perceived that, well, with Conflicker, nothing happened. But in reality, something did happen. Um, can you run us through what the real threat of Conflicker was?
4: Okay, so there was a lot of media uh, attention on Conflicker because uh, the, the code was fairly advanced. Uh, it, it was obviously made by, by professionals, um, but the motivation behind uh, cybercrime is it's money. It's purely financial gain. So media attention is not, not uh, something cybercriminals look to, to receive because they want something that's going to be in the background running and they're going to make money from. So the actual day didn't really see, see much, but in the background they were updating the, the code and they, it, appear, it appears that they merged with another uh, a malware uh, variant called WallaDeck, which is used to spam. And uh, so what happened was rogue antivirus um, started to appear with a new WallaDeck code that was introduced, and it showed the true color of, of the cybercriminal. They were using their Configure uh, network to install these rogue antivirus uh, uh, malware installations. Uh, because they make money from them, they can extort money from unsuspecting victims. So that's that's the motivation, and that's what uh, happened with Conficker, and that's what's still happening with Conficker. Was Conficker distributed through a botnet? Conficker is a botnet. It, it, it's a it's a whole network of, of of infected machines.
2: Okay, why is it why is it so hard? If this is a large network, why is it so hard to bust a botnet?
4: Because there's no centralized point of, of uh, you know, there's no uh, center uh, command and control server that you can just take out. In the past, that's how it, it worked. They would have a server located in the data center, and what antivirus companies could do is they could contact the, the, uh, the network operation center of that, of that particular data center and say, you know, we found a million, you know, nodes pointing to your data center that are malicious, Cut the server out and and that's it, but the cyber criminals obviously that's not that's not good for their business model so what they started to do is they started to implement peer to peer technology which every node access the uh, the essentially the the command and control server
3: so who exactly again I have antivirus, you obviously have antivirus, you build the stuff. Um, there, there's so many products out there ranging from, you know, top-level ones, such as, such as you know, more, more geared towards towards professionals and, and these sorts of things, by my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, um, right down to some fairly decent free options for home users. Uh, who is left unprotected? Who's, whose machines are infected?
4: You know, we did a study... Uh a year ago called infected or not it showed that 23 percent of computers with up-to-date antivirus were, were still infected. So this is the reason I was talking about moving to collective intelligence, technology, real-time protection. Uh, the whole industry is going to have to make this shift because these infections are, are more and more every day and they're getting more complex So it's definitely the the direction that the the, the technology has to go. Uh, That's where Panda's going. That's where Panda went three years ago when we developed the technology. And uh, just recently we we, uh, introduced a free uh, cloud-based antivirus. I'm not sure if you heard about it. It's called Cloud Antivirus. Uh, And any user listening to the show can download it for free. It will always be free. Uh, It's www.cloudantivirus.com.
2: You, know, you may have answered a listener's question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and then we're going to, have to take a quick break. But I want to ask, get this question in here first. One of our listeners, Steve Plunkett, has um, asked, well, he's been using Lavisoft's Adware. He says it's no longer working. What product does Panda offer to replace the, the I guess, Lavis- Lavisoft's product that, um, if he already has virus detection software?
4: Panda doesn't... Panda doesn't have uh, just uh, software like AdWare. We, we tend to build full full suites. We don't have uh, uh, anything geared specifically towards AdWare. And, uh, you know, it's, like I said earlier, the, the more malware is coming out every day, we're having these zero-day attacks. Technologies have to be merged and up, updated and upgraded. And we're moving away from having a virus epidemics or adware epidemics or spyware epidemics. We're having malware epidemics, which is a, a, uh, an encompassing term of all the types of, of, of uh, infections on the Internet. So uh, technologies that are used in, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not 100% up to date on, on what technologies adware uses now, but we're going to have to move to, you know, a more centralized, you know, all-inclusive uh, uh, solution. To, to combat the latest threats on the Internet. So we've always developed our products to include everything we can, anti-Rootkit, anti-Spyware, antivirus, and so
3: on. In a lot of ways, I mean, that, that does make sense, that all these, all these pieces be built to work together. Um, how do you then, uh, how are you trying to predict? Uh, it seems like a cat-and-mouse game where the, the, the virus writers are always going to be one step ahead. Um, where you, it seems very difficult to detect, okay, what's going to be this next thing. How do you build into a into your suite um, some sort of system, not just to react quickly when, you know, internally, like on your end, and then push this update, um, but to build systems that might be a little more proactive and, and, you know, sort of help detect ahead of time what might be, be about to happen, or is that even possible?
4: Yeah. I- Earlier in 2004, we developed a technology called TruePrevent, which is a behavioral-based technology that detected the actual behavior of software on your system rather than just a signature-based detection of, of, of the software. Um, and th- that's what we developed in 2004. But when we developed collective intelligence, this was one of the problems we had to tackle. What we noticed is that since the cyber criminals have were financially motivated, they were building... Uh, they're executables, uh, the malicious executables at a rapid pace. They were building thousands of them rather than two or three or four, and we had to figure out a way to identify these before, before the fact. So part of the technology actually takes each sample that goes through our system, our automation system, and analyzes that sample against uh, our past 24 million uh, samples in the database. And using the technology developed in-house, we're able to determine a similarity between one file and the other. So we can detect uh, variants fairly easily using this automated technique, and therefore we can protect against it faster.
2: Sean Paul, I have to ask you to stick around for a few moments. I'm being messaged frantically from from the studio that we have to take a quick break. So um, we'll be back in about two minutes. Uh, This is Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Friends, stay tuned. We're back with Sean Paul from Panda Security in just a moment.
1: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break.
0: Here's your bill.
1: Man. I'm telling you. This network is recession-proof.
0: Revenue Wire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it
2: up on LocalPages.com.
0: LocalPages.com, Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami?
2: LocalPages.com.
0: Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one set, get connected with local consumers. At the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. Localpages.com. List your business on localpages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. Localpages.com bringing your neighborhood to you. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg, monitors your website 24 7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to do list, it tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash OnTarget. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. Affiliate Convention 2009 Denver, Thursday and Friday, June 18th and 19th. Free for all affiliates and all the information you need to know to grow your business. For more information about registration and sponsorship,
2: visit www.affiliateconvention.com.
0: Marshall's off. Now back to Webcology,
1: only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the host Jim Hedger and Dave De.
2: Hey, everybody. We're back here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we have to move very quickly. We have Sean Paul Carell from Panda Security on the phone with us. And we're just rounding out the end of the show. Dave, I know you want to get a question in there before we go to break. So, brother, please go ahead.
3: I do. Um, going back to, to what we'd initially started to, to sort of chat about and the, the attacks on the automotive industries, um, why why automotive? Well, why did they choose that sector specifically? And is this maybe a warning to other sectors that might be affected down the road? Um, if we can take a look at um, sort of what is the demographic of these searchers and why they selected it, can we maybe predict uh, where they might be going next?
4: Well, I think the reason why. Ford was targeted, or it was not just Ford. Actually, it was uh, uh, also Nissan and a few others. Uh, initially, initially started with Ford, but the the reason I think the car manufacturers were targeted was because there's so many keywords that can be used. Uh, you have car uh, names, parts. Parts is a big one. I mean, you you can take over. You know, there, there are thousands of parts in a car, uh, so each one of those are are search terms that can be used. And and plus, I mean. I'm not sure exactly how they they scraped the the search results uh, off Google to use be used in the attack, but I could imagine they they scraped the results of a of a, a car parts website, for instance, uh, and they, and they could put automated tools to get those those search terms into their sites. So uh, there was just a lot of keywords that could be used, and and I think that's the reason they used it. Um, also, I, I saw a lot of the initial attacks were targeting the antique Fords. So they they may have been trying to go after a more affluent crowd that uh, collects cars. Uh, you know, uh, older folk that kind of, you know, have collectibles. Um, initially, And just to add
2: to that, my, my, my father is an antique car collector, and, you know, he knows a heck of a lot about antique cars, and not as much about the internet. So it might be going after a, you know, maybe well-informed, very affluent, but less. Cyber, um, cyber, yeah, cyber knowledgeable crowd. Um, now, th- this is going to be a hard question to answer, and it's a very general question. And I don't know if there's an answer in this specific instance, but we our audience is made up primarily of webmasters, people who are actually programming, designing sites. Is there anything they can do in their daily operations to, you know, protect their users?
4: Yes, the recent. The recent Black Hat SEO attack that we outlined, it, you could take a look at the post at panalebs.pandasecurity.com, shows that uh, the cyber criminals were exploiting a vulnerability in WordPress. A lot of webmasters are using WordPress uh, to facilitate the SEO attack on, on uh, the domains. In and, and this instance, it was the Center for International Media Assistance website. Uh, that's a website operated by the National Endowment for Democracy, and also theworkbuzz.com, which was, uh, which is, I believe, a blog operated by CareerBuilder. So they they actually took they were actually able to take over these domains uh, to facilitate their SEO attack. So if you use WordPress, you make sure that you stay up to date with all of the security updates, and that goes for any any content management software. Um, you always got to keep up to date with the security updates because you put your uni- you put your users uh, in the middle of, of the problem if you don't. So as a webmaster, that's what I would recommend uh, to, to protect your site first. Um, as a user, you just have to be careful about what you click on. Always use up to date mm-hmm. antivirus software, preferably one that blocks URLs too, um, and just be you know be careful. You know, Sean Paul, the problem with
2: talking to a guy like you is every time you answer a question, someone like me comes up with a dozen more questions, and I'm afraid we're running <laughs> out of time. I have I'm, So this is going to be the very last question we're able to get in here. Um, this is a, sort of a lateral leap. We're, we're changing the subject a little bit. We know that foreign governments and foreign hackers are... Accessing American, Canadian, and, and Western data systems—is this something that you know an open, democratic society has to be worried about? And are there ways to protect our infrastructure?
4: Definitely. And I, I mean, I can't comment exactly on, on how to protect our infrastructure. I think that's a—it's a—it's a problem that we as a nation uh, have to have to deal with now. Um, I, I don't have an exact answer for you, um, but it, it is something that we need to to uh, worry about. We know that cyber criminals are financially motivated, so if they figure out any way to make money off of virtually anything secrets, government secrets, anything like that, they'll do it. Uh, so it's definitely something we have to to uh, worry about um, but I don't have any specific comment on as to how. <laughs>
2: Okay, you know, I I do have questions that might put you in a position where you can't answer, so I'm not going to ask them. i you know like to respect agreements that that our our guests may have made with their clients. Um, So, Sean Paul Correll from Panda Security, thank you so much for spending so much time with us here on Webcology today. Thank you for having me. Friends, that was Sean Paul Correll from Panda Security. That was... uh, that was, that, 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 was, that was a great segment. It wasn't as chilling as I expected it to be, but it was full of really good information.
3: You've got to love when you end up at the, uh, at the end of any of our interviews, or, or any interview, in fact, uh, and you've got some takeaways and you've got some action items and you've got something, rather than just being a, a scare tactic on how horrible the world's getting, um, sort of a to-do list and go, all right, here, here's what you need to do. The world isn't a scary place as long as you protect yourself.
2: Well, I, I, you know what? I think I think you hit it on the nail. Uh, hit the nail on the head there, Dave. The world is a scary place, and Sean Paul just outlined a bunch of things that we as webmasters have to do. And you know, one of the one of the things I love about the internet is we run the show. We're everybody who's involved in the internet, from the base user to the webmaster to the affiliate networks to the search and advertising networks. Dick, we're all part of running the show there is no government running the show on the internet at least not yet and um, to really nail this down to, to make this a secure zone we as webmasters really have to take responsibility and um, again I, I, I got to thank Sean Paul for the information that he gave us
3: indeed indeed and I mean it's a fortunate world and, and you're right we do run the show fortunately unfortunately uh, there's some bad that are involved in it uh, on the plus side, the vast majority are, are just people enjoying the internet or, or putting up, you know, good websites and um, you know, try, just trying to contribute in their own way or, or, or run their companies in their own way. So, unfortunately, the good outnumber the bad. Uh, we just got to make sure that we've protected ourselves, and uh, we'll all be all right, and the internet will continue on.
2: Okay. Well, here on Webmaster Radio, the guy who really runs the show is Brasco, and he's sitting there in the. Uh... Studio going. Oh my goodness! I'm running out of time. I've got to get a, a, a news break in there. I, I, I got to play with him a little bit more. A little bit more here. <laughs> Until he cuts me off. Um, before we go, we have to. We're, we're seriously rounding out the hour here. I want to mention one last time. AffiliateConvention.com. Webmaster Radio is uh, part of a part of a three-way partnership presenting Affiliate Convention um, with AppSpot and Taikon Ty- Ty- Ventures. Friends, if you register for Affiliate Convention before May 15th, you're going to enter yourselves in a contest to win free transportation and accommodation and a free pass to Affiliate Convention. And if you're a working affiliate, well, you're already getting in free anyway. Go check out AffiliateConvention.com. We're working really hard to set up a, a, a new conference series aimed primarily at the grassroots itself, the affiliate marketers, the people who are in the trenches making their fingers bleed on the keyboard every day to keep the Internet economy economy running. Um, Check it out. It's going to be a great conference. It's an inaugural one of of what we're hoping will be a long-term series, and we really want to see you in Denver, June 17th to 20th. Uh, Dave, that's it. We're out of time. We are. Next week, we're going to be talking about content theft. It's going to be a very interesting show, so stick around. We have Linda Woods and Affiliate Marketing Insider coming up. We have Office Hours for Vanessa Fox. We have the Shoe Money Show, and we have everybody's girlfriend, Penelope Trunk. So friends, stay tuned on webmasterradio.fm.